0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. We're going to just do one segment on this show. Nice long chat with our friend Derek Taylor, voice of the Blue Bombers here on CJOB, about a lot of CFL things, including the Bombers, all the quarterback issues around the league. That's all coming up on the podcast. Time for our uh, weekly visit now with the voice of the Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor. Derek, how are things on your end after the bye week? Did you get nice and rested and recharged, or do you spend your time just working on your charts all week?
1: (laughs) Embarrassingly enough, I spent uh, all the time working on my charts. Uh, You know,
0: four AM rolls around,
1: you're like, can I squeeze in one more game before I go to bed? But uh, it was exactly what I needed. It was great to kind of catch up with what else is happening
0: around the league. So what uh, this past week did we learn other than the CFL is much weaker without Nathan Rourke and what the BC Lions have been doing?
1: Oh, that just it just it hurts so bad. It, that that just hurts so bad. Um, there's a lot of mediocrity going around the Canadian Football League right now, and uh, I put up the, the stat on Twitter at DTNOB earlier. If you take out Nathan Rourke's numbers and you take out Zach Kalaris' numbers, the rest of the league has thrown for seventy touchdowns. And seventy three interceptions, and that smells a lot like last season. And it's a far cry from what twenty nineteen was. We're we're in a very, as far as quarterbacks go, a very top heavy, a very top heavy league without guys like Jeremiah Masoli being able to play. And now Nathan Rourke. So essentially, two of the top three quarterbacks are out, you know, for a long time with injury, and that's that one's pretty sad. You, you I'm assuming you even heard Mike O'Shea was talking about it today, and he did it yesterday with us yeah. on the coaches show. He's he's broken about, you know, and he says a lot of guys are broken about Nathan Rourke not being able to play, because a guy like that, is this good for the league? And guys, you know, guys like the bombers want to play against the best players. And now they probably don't get a chance when it could have been three more games against that BC lions team.
0: Well, they don't play again until the end of the season. If he indeed comes back and you know, he's going to want to come back, but maybe Michael O'Connor is really good. Cause that receiving core in BC, regardless of mm. who the quarterback is, and a quarterback is super important, but, Dominic Rimes, Brian Burnham back in healthy, Lucky Whitehead. they got a really talented receiving core there.
1: Keon Hatcher was great on those slants. Javon Katoy is an absolute beast at that three spot, the one that Nick Dembski plays. You know, that's, that's a receiving core that could absolutely lift a quarterback. So for me, you don't need to replace Nathan Rourke with another Nathan Rourke. If you... Bomber fans can relate to if there was a Matt Nichols level quarterback, and if Michael O'Connor or Antonio Pipkin, who's the third stringer in BC, if they could play at even a Matt Nichols level, oh my yeah, BC could still absolutely be a problem. Enough to cha- you know, enough to challenge the bombers in a West final, for example. I don't know about that, but uh it, it I'm I'm hoping that Michael O'Connor can can do some things because you know BC took a took a shot with a you know, what they hoped was a high-performing quarterback and a very low salary, and they could fill it in with other great players. They took a shot, and, I mean, it was working. 8-1, and one, it was absolutely working.
0: And, and we'll get off the BC lines after this, but not only that, to have a Canadian quarterback that, we, we, you know, it's been so long since a Canadian quarterback has been successful in this league. He may have been putting up the best numbers any Canadian quarterback has ever done. In the CFL, obviously, the offensive game is much different now than it was decades ago. Still, though, to put up these numbers as a Canadian, as a young player, just a a lightning bolt to this league after the COVID pandemic, first full season back in years for a market that's needed something like this. It just it feels really crappy. There's really no other way around it, right?
1: It it really does. And I mean, for folks who have been watching the CFL long enough, uh, Nathan Ork, the Lions have played nine games. He was on pace for. Over 6,500 yards and 50 touchdowns, and those are Doug Flutie in the CFL numbers. For folks who have been around long enough to to remember what Doug Flutie was like in the Canadian Football League, only I think it's four guys had been over 6,000 yards in a season. Uh, Flutie having done it a couple of times, uh, it's we hadn't seen this in decades, and yeah, it, to have it to have it taken from us and you know, we're now not in a great quarterback spot in the Canadian Football League in the year 2022 with, you know, like, Kalaros is now the runaway, you know, leader for MOP, uh, whereas it would have been at least a battle to get out of the West. Yeah, it's it, it ultimately hurts a lot. I mean, yeah, it's there's just nothing that can be done. It At least it wasn't, you know, it was a regular football injury. It wasn't, you know, some, some guy going rogue and attempting to injure Rourke. It's just, it's one of those things, but yeah, we're all, we're all a little poorer for it.
0: Saskatchewan has had to bench Cody Fajardo, who has not been healthy. And now the, the Red Blacks finally turning to Nick Arbuckle because Caleb Evans is, you know, fine, but that's about his limit. And then you've got in Calgary, the Blue Bombers opponent coming up on Thursday, Jake Mayer, reportedly from Three Down Nation, going to start. He's expected to start at Thursday over Bo Levi Mitchell, who was benched in the win in Toronto on Saturday. I know we heard from players yesterday who, or from Richie Hall at least yesterday, saying that it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. They kind of run the same system either way. In your view, does it matter who the stamps start a quarterback on Thursday?
1: Does it matter? Um Yes. Like I mean, Bo Bo hasn't been, Bully Mitchell hasn't been particularly good this season we have this this thought of what jake mayer might be you know he's a young guy who came in last year and really just chucked the ball all over the yard without without an ounce of remorse and was just super aggressive and it was really nice to watch he produced fine uh but it's it's still a guy who you know five touchdowns and four picks for his career and a little over eight yards per attempt those numbers are fine uh but it's i think it's his gunslingerness that that drew some people to him uh, yeah, I, I'm curious, uh, three down, I haven't seen officially Dickinson says, you know, I'll make the decision and we'll all know tomorrow morning. Do you really, is it really going to be in the game against the Bombers where Richie Hulk and then go, Oh, you know what I'm going to do? Here's some Willie. Here's some Jackson Jeff coat, low Casey sales, theater can in one of those rotation ones. And then Jake Thomas is going to grab your center and throw him into the stands and then take down your guy. I I don't. If he, if he does go to mayor, I don't know if I love it, but it probably tells us a lot about where Bowley by Mitchell is at. Nine touchdowns through nine games, and a guy who looks like and just a continuation of a guy who hasn't been right since 2018.
0: Do you think losing the game against Montreal in the long run was better for the Bombers than squeaking it out and going to 10-0 and having to still answer questions about being undefeated?
1: No, I, I kind of, I never really subscribed to that. I always thought, Hey, you know, if we could be 18 and 0, let's be 18 and 0. And no team has ever done that. No team's ever gotten more than 16. And I think it's only the one, the 1989 Edmonton team that was ever 16 wins in an 18 game season. I've never kind of really bought into that. My old radio partner used to say, well, when we, when I was a player, they told us we either win or you learn. But when you hear, Coach O'Shea talk. When you hear all the guys talk, they're learning all the time. They're learning from, oh, we barely beat Ottawa, and we got out of Toronto because the guy missed a convert. We have all these things to work on. I don't think they lack for learning just because they've been winning. So, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I fully believe this, but winning and losing, they, they want us to believe it. It's almost inconsequential to them, to, to the process and how they get there. So, I, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent on. They needed to lose one in order to to learn from it because uh, I feel like vacation could have been pretty good if they were off, if they were 10 and 0 and they'd be rolling to the Calgary with, with confidence. Uh, Calgary's a team they've beaten twice already. So no reason they would lack confidence going against them a, a third time. Calgary's pretty banged up as well uh, on the injury front as they approach this game. So I never really subscribe to that, but I, but I definitely know that, that people do do believe in the, it would be nice. It'd be okay if they lost one because it might sharpen them up.
0: Fair enough. Now, I don't know if you've done the research, but I, I looked into it today. Do you know the last time the Bombers swept the Stampeders in a regular season series?
1: Oh, gosh, no, not at all. It must be a, it must be a while ago. Like a, I'm going to say it's a long time ago. Give me a year. Uh, when I say a long time ago, uh, 1998. I don't know. I've pulled the date out
0: here. Close. 2002 was the last time the Bombers swept the Calgary Stampeders in a season series. And they ended up losing to Edmonton in the West final that year. But this is now where they're playing them three times in a season. So it's already the first time since 2002 they've beaten them twice uh, in a row in a season like this. So we've got the, the chance here to see the Bombers beat them three times in a row. I know that Winnipeg's already passed Calgary in terms of kind of being the the class of the CFL at this very moment because they've won the last two great cups. But do you think there's any added significance to, to beating Calgary again, you go to 10 and one, you drop Calgary to four losses and basically say, all right, it's us and BC for that first round bye.
1: I think from the perspective of it, will be a 10th win on the season. Like we fully expect like BC has two games against Calgary and it's two against the bombers left. Like BC is going to be in a trouble spot. They're eight and one now, but, unless O'Connor is this you know the third coming because Rourke was the second coming, then I don't know that BC's a, a contender much anymore. I I think for this for the fact that it would put them what four wins up on Calgary and I would argue Calgary's already buried as far as first place goes. It it just gives them an extra win and then potentially if BC does fall off, they get the bombers get uh, earlier in the season to having more options of how to take care of their players. Well, this guy's got a nagging injury. Well, maybe we don't need him now in week 17 because things are already settled in the, uh, in the CFL's West division and stuff like that. I, I think it'd be great, but I think it would just be, I think it would be like beating Edmonton or Montreal at this point. Uh, just as far as they'd now be four wins up on a third place team, they'd be feeling pretty good about where they stand as the playoffs, you know, as we eventually get into the home stretch.
0: On the injury report, Greg Ellingson listed as questionable after he left yesterday's practice. Today's a closed practice, and Mike O'Shea is always tight-lipped about injuries. Jerry and Grant listed as doubtful on today's injury report. A, do you think Ellingson's going to play? And B, who returns punts and kicks if Grant is out?
1: Uh, so having watched Ellingson's injury and his reaction to his injury at yesterday's practice, I honestly don't think he plays. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday, like you said. Didn't practice today, Coach O'Shea said he was out getting tests today. So when I when I think of a guy who doesn't practice on day two or three and was out getting tests today or having it looked at today, I really I really don't believe he does. Though I have no inside information that that's the case. Uh, if Gennari Grant isn't there to return punts, they have a couple of options, which we saw at practice yesterday. Uh, one would be Greg McRae. Uh, McRae has been on the roster for a few games in a row and you know has been looking for things to do pretty much since the BC game. Uh, but the one that I would probably lean to them using would be Nick Taylor, the halfback uh, in their punt return game might be the one that they first go to. There'd be a few other guys that you might see in the mix there, but I think the, the guys to watch will be uh, Nick Taylor and Greg McRae. Uh How much Nick can do and still play halfback, we'll we'll see how much can he be asked of in the kickoff and, and punt game. But yeah, those are the two guys to watch. Man, Janarian would be a blow too to a, a receiving core that's been kind of in flux for, I don't know, 10 games. It's been it's been hard. And, and Grant was just, he was at, I think he was at practice on Sunday. Uh, I don't particularly remember him, but I don't remember him not being there. And then Monday, nope, can't do it. And today, yeah, the groin problem has, has bitten Greg, or pardon me, Janarian Grant.
0: Quickly, before I let you go, I just remembered that at the start of the season, you were peddling Ottawa to win the East. Yes. They're one and eight they yep. are only three wins behind first place Toronto. So if Arbuckle's the solution, I mean, you might as well bet him now, right? Because the odds must be pretty good.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm not 100% on Team Arbuckle, but I, he's better for me than Caleb Evans. He, Caleb Evans, I just saw him last season, at the beginning of the season. It's not there for him. If they had Jeremiah Masoli uh, and, and they'd been 1-8, I would have really been eating crow. Now I'm just eating a little bit of crow on Ottawa. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, it's it's our buckle time and I I just can't believe it took them this long to to go, you know what, we don't have it. It took a loss to Edmonton to go to for them to realize we don't have it in Caleb Evans currently. I'm I'm shocked. I'm honestly very surprised it took them till uh till the tenth game of the season to go, Hey, well we traded for this guy, we might as well give him a shot.
0: And they're going to go to Edmonton, where the Elks have not won since, I think, yeah. 1996. So we'll see what happens there, Derek. Appreciate your time, as always. Thanks for this. We'll see you at the game on Thursday. Thanks, brother. Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. On, and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you a day. You may not
1: share